How Lindsay has been doing false prophecy for a long time. What do we need to know about what he has said? Can a former Muslim still be referring to God as Allah? And what are the problems with Francis Chan? The answers when we understand the text. Happy Good Friday from your friends at When We Understand the Text, a daily Bible study in the Word of Christ, that we may know the good news of Christ's death and resurrection from the grave. Visit our website at www.utt.com. Here once again is Pastor Gabe. Thank you, Becky. You're welcome. You sound a little little tired there, love. I am a little tired. (laughs) Why would you be tired? I don't know. Lots of traveling. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Lots of traveling. Still recuperating. Uh, I had mentioned on the broadcast last week that she was gone, not even in the state of Kansas. I was no, home alone for... Not even in the state of Kansas? Oh, uh, yeah. You were in Kansas. <laughs> I was in Kansas. I was not in Kansas. <laughs> I wasn't in Kansas anymore. Dorothy went back home. That's right. <laughs> she went home to visit her folks. I stayed here in Texas. Mm-hmm. It's not just the traveling. No. We're 17 weeks now. Yeah. Becky is 17 weeks pregnant. Yes. Which means the baby is the size of... A Pop-Tart. A pop- <laughs> or a pear. It depends on the app. I don't, I, don't think of, I don't think of Pop-Tarts and pears as really being the same size. I don't either, honestly. But, you know, there was an somewhere em- about that. There was an empty box of Pop-Tarts in our living room last <laughs> night. And Becky and I were watching a show. Sometimes we watch a show together before bed. And, uh-huh. and after it was over, it was just kind of a moment of silence. And Becky goes, I want a Pop-Tart. <laughs> and I didn't even see, I didn't see the box over there. But she said, I've been seeing that box the entire time. Yep, the and entire I ne- day. I need a Pop-Tart. Yep. And my baby's the size of a Pop-Tart, so I need a Pop-Tart. The Pop-Tart needs a Pop-Tart. <laughs> <laughs> That's how that went. <laughs> And he's already been actively kicking her. Oh, yes. That toxic masculinity. Kicking mama. (laughs) Well, we decided to wait to record the episode today just so I could get Becky on. Uh Uh-huh. We couldn't do it last night. Right. But now she's on today. So we're a little late getting this posted, but uh, that was was so you would have the privilege that I get every day. Of having the company of Becky with you. So we've got questions we're answering from the listeners, and you could submit those questions to when we understand the text at gmail.com. Real quick, before getting to our first question, we want to mention a couple of conferences that we're going to be attending. Mm -hmm. The first is... we... I'm still up in the air. (laughs) It's kind of like uh, every Friday episode of the broadcast. Yeah. Is Becky going to be there? Well, I don't we, know. We have this hope that she will be, but we don't know. We plan on it, yeah. but it doesn't it always happen. So the Wokeness in the Gospel Conference is coming up June 11th and 12th. Yes. It's in Dallas, mm-hmm. sort of. North Dallas. North Dallas. Hang on. This is... Uh, Isn't it Denton? Yeah. Denton Bible Church in Denton, Texas, uh, which is... That's uh, Tommy Nelson's church. I believe the church he's been pastoring for boy goodness how long has he been there i was listening to him when i was in high school oh yeah so he's been there for yeah he's been there a long time but speakers include dr owen strand daryl harrison pastor tommy nelson of course our own pastor tom buck rodney brown charles stolfus and when we understand the text we'll be there yay i had asked about a booth i don't know for sure if i'm going to do a booth yet but but i will be there Mm -hmm. so 
Uh, that's going to be, uh, again, it's June 11th and 12th, a Friday and a Saturday. Starts at 4 o'clock Friday evening and will go until 6 o'clock Saturday evening. So if you are in the Dallas area... Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty close to Dallas anyway, can do that in a weekend and still want to be able to make it home for church on Sunday, then we invite you to come to the Wokeness and the Gospel Conference coming up. We're just two months away from that one. Then in October, we have the G3 Conference. That one's always in Atlanta, but this time around, the G3 Conference is at a different location. location. That's right. It's going to be at the... Um, oh, I don't have there. Oh, you're pointing to it. The Georgia World Congress Center. <laughs> I don't even know where that is. It's on the other side, over by the the new baseball field, from what I gathered. Oh, okay. Yeah, the new baseball field where Major League Baseball just pulled out from doing the what was it, the All-Star game they were going to be having there? I don't know. In Atlanta, and Major League Baseball has pulled out. I've, I've been out of the loop. <laughs> it's because of the recent uh, voting law that was passed in the state of Georgia. You have to be able to show ID in order uh-huh. to vote. So Major League Baseball's pulled out. What? Why? Why? Yeah, I know. It's totally to ridiculous. We're political about everything now. Everything Apparently. has to have some sort of political opinion attached mm. to it. But anyway, so uh, no matter what Georgia does, unless for whatever reason they shut down the G3 conference, we're going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> it's at uh, the Georgia World Congress Center, Atlanta. September 30th through October 2nd. That's a Thursday through Saturday. And you can find out more by going to g3min.org. That's g3min.org and find out more information about the G3 conference. There we will definitely have a booth. And um, if I'm there, we will definitely have an infant with we'll, us. We'll have a baby with us, too. <laughs> Lord willing. That's right. The babies do a month before that. Mm-hmm. So we've already had a, a few that have gotten a hold of us and said, no, you're going to come because I'll be there with my baby. <laughs> so I love it. You need to be there with your baby, too. <laughs> Let's get to our first question here. It comes from Chris in North Carolina. He says, good evening, Pastor Gabe and Becky. What do you know about Hal Lindsey? A family member sent me a YouTube video of a series on Revelation. Oh, heavens. <laughs> I found it to be very eisegetical. That's putting it politely, I'm sure. Steeped in dispensational Zionism. I'm not inclined to follow this guy, but I was curious if you had any additional insight. Yes, Hal Lindsey is the author of the best-selling book, The Late Great Planet Earth, before there was the Left Behind series, Mm. before Rick Warren wrote Purpose Driven Life, which Mm. is, that one's now, as best as I'm I'm able to recall, I think that The Purpose Driven Life is the best-selling Christian book other than the Bible, with over 50 million copies sold. Wow. Before The Purpose Driven Life, the best-selling Christian book ever written was The Late Great Planet Earth. And it had sold over 35 million copies oh my goodness. Uh, by the end of the 90s. It was a, a huge book. Talked about, of course, the end of the world. And every five to ten years or so, Hal Lindsey is putting out another book talking about the end of the world. I think it's even more often than that. It might be every like three years or something. Hmm. He puts out another book talking about the end of the world. He has predicted when Jesus is going to come back. Ugh. 
that date always comes and goes. Yep, that's what I was going to say. That's why there's another book every five to ten years. That's right. He is always, always oh wrong. Uh, Hal Lindsey, this is the guy that came up with the uh, the interpretation of the the locusts in the book of Revelation, you know, that had hair like women and okay, tails yeah. like scorpions. Right. And he looked at this and he saw an Apache helicopter and he went, oh, oh, oh hey, okay. look. Got it. Mm-hmm. That might be what John saw. Mm-hmm. And he didn't know how to describe it because he'd never seen a helicopter before. So these Apache helicopters got described as these scorpions with hair like women and tails like scorpions. Okay. <laughs> it was Apache helicopters. That's what's in the book of Revelation. So, yeah, uh, I, as you can probably tell by my answer, I do not recommend Hal Lindsey. <laughs> I did mention him in one of the what videos. Let me play that one for you here. What? It's the end of the world. Again, someone else thinks they know the day of the apocalypse or the day of the rapture and Jesus returns. Maybe they've got it all figured out based on numbers in the Bible, current events, prophecy and revelation, something to do with Israel and the alignment of the sun, moon and stars. Many other people have tried to predict the end, but they've all been wrong. The Latter-day Saints, Jehovah's Witnesses and Seventh-day Adventists were practically built on failed prophecies. Hal Lindsey, Pat Robertson and Benny Hinn all made end of the world predictions. So did Jerry Falwell, who founded Liberty University and Chuck Smith, founder of Calvary chapel and let's not forget the infamous herald camping fiasco in 2011 but what if this one is correct what if this person finally accurately predicted the actual day that jesus will return well in matthew 24 36 jesus said but concerning that day and hour no one knows not even the angels of heaven nor the son but the father only Now, some will try to walk back their predictions by saying something like, well, that's just the day the end starts. That might not be the actual day of Jesus' return, but it's a significant day for something. But they don't know that either. For Jesus also said, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. Therefore, be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Turn from your sin, worship Christ the Lord, and obey His commandments in the Bible. And on the day that you stand before Him in judgment, you were born again ready when we understand the text. Now, something that you didn't hear in that video, well, of course, that's the audio version of the video. Mm -hmm. So the graphic that comes up where it mentions how Lindsay and Jerry Falwell and Pat Robertson and Chuck Smith... It actually, uh, it mentions the predictions that each one of those persons made. Oh, yeah. How Lindsay said that Jesus was going to return in 1988. Oh. it was a little bit overdue. Yeah. (laughs) That was a long time ago. Uh, And yet, he still gets sought after as a prophecy expert. Why? He's on like Daystar. I don't understand. And Trinity Broadcasting. So many times. What what qualifies you to be sought after anymore for truth? That's right. And Jesus explicitly says no one knows the hour or the day. Yeah. Not to mention our uh, our prophet test that we have in Deuteronomy 18. The prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name that I have not commanded him to speak or who speaks in the name of other gods, that same prophet shall die. And if you say in your heart, how may we know the word that the Lord has not spoken? When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the word does not come to pass or come true, that is a word the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You need not be afraid of him. 
And again, what does it say is supposed to happen to such a person? Verse 20, the one who speaks a word in my name that I have not commanded him to speak, that same prophet shall die. If this were Old Testament Israel, how Lindsay would have been stoned several times yeah. up to this point. And yet he still gets sought after as some sort of prophecy expert. He's, he's made his entire career off of this. He's made millions off of it. Ugh. That's just sad. Becky and I were in a, um, what was a 70s yeah, theme retro. store? Yeah, retro store. Yeah, it was retro. And we found... A lot of 70s stuff, though. Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> we found an old copy of uh-huh. the late great planet Earth. Yes. And I bought it and gave it to Pastor Tom. Yep. <laughs> and he loved it. Too. He loved it. He oh, loved yeah. It. Thought it was great. <laughs> The only reason I didn't keep it is because I already have a copy. Uh-huh. But yeah. Yep. It's one of those that you just have to have. It was such a big book. You, <laughs> you can't help but keep that relic of the past. And you guys cannot hear my eyes rolling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At the end, when Christ returns and he judges the world with fire, that, world, that book is going to go up in the fire. But yep. uh, for now... It's it's kindling sitting on my shelf. Yes. <laughs> hey, if we ever uh, have one of those winters again in Texas where... Yeah, that'll be the first to go that's in. That's right. Everybody's <laughs> power goes out and we have to start burning books. I'll be sure to grab that uh, late great planet Earth book. There you go. That's one that'll go in there. <laughs> Thank you for your question, Chris. I think we've, uh, we've answered that one pretty thoroughly. Uh, she or Shay. Shay? Shay in Huntersville. Hello, Pastor Hughes. I'm thankful to God for your ministry. What do you think about a former Muslim, now a Christian, continuing to use the term Allah when referring to God? Well, the word Allah is Arabic for God. Hmm. Uh, That is the Arabic word that means God, or more accurately, it means the God. But the Allah of the Mormon religion, Mormon, the (laughs) Muslim. There's there's a lot of similarities there. Yeah. Uh, both Muhammad and Joseph Smith heard from an angel yeah. and received a New Testament, yeah. a new New Testament. So anyway, yeah, there's a lot of similarities between the two. There's a funny um, uh, Lutheran satire video on oh, that really? as well. Yeah. I was thinking how to play it. Nah, you can go look it up. <laughs> <laughs> it's Satan asking another demon to give him a new religion. Okay. And the new religion that he gives him is he's describing Mormonism, but Satan's going, no, that sounds like Muslim. That sounds like Islam to me. Oh, funny. So it's yeah. <laughs> anyway, yep. that was good. But uh, yeah, so it's the Arabic word for God. It's not uncommon to encounter somebody who has formerly been a Muslim, now a Christian, still using the term Allah to describe God. Mm-hmm. I would hope that as they grow and mature, though, that they would stop using the term or do something to greater delineate between the god of islam and the true god of the bible Mm -hmm. instead of using the same name because he's not the same god uh there are many who will try to say that islam is it's just another abrahamic religion right Mm -hmm. it's just kind of descended from the abrahamic religions like christianity and judaism and mormonism but that's not true at all Uh, the god that the muslims worship is not the god that abraham worshiped right and I would think if you're concerned about that, um, like a friend doing it or something, then um, I, I would have a conversation about that just so that way they you are sure that they understand that that is a different God 
Yeah. That we we worship the God of all gods. Right. Yeah, I don't Lord know if it, like you're asking this question if you know somebody that's yeah. doing that. If you're just trying to win a debate with a friend and that's mm-hmm. the reason why you ask the question, I would focus on something other than the word Allah. Right. Uh, because basically um, Islam is a, well, it's a religion of works. Anything but Christianity is always going to be a religion of works. Yep. The thing that differentiates Christianity from other religions is that we are saved by grace and not by works. Mm-hmm. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, it is by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. So not, that no man may boast. That's right. Not not a result of works so that no man may boast. But then, of course, verse 10 goes on to say, for we are his workmanship, mm-hmm. created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that you should walk in them. Right. So we are supposed to do good works, but it's not the works that save us. The works are the evidence that we have been saved. Right. We're saved by grace. Mm-hmm. And that is that's the mark of Christianity that differentiates this faith from every other world religion. Right. If you were to ask a Muslim, where will you go when you die? He might say paradise. Mm-hmm. He might. There, You could encounter a Muslim that goes, well, I'm not real sure yet. Mm-hmm. But God's going to judge me by what it is that I do. So I hope I do right. enough, enough good. good. Right. Yes. That Allah is going to reward me and, and give me paradise. Yeah. And if you ask him, well, how do you know that you're going to go to paradise? And they'll say, well, I read the Quran. Mm -hmm. I pay alms. Mm -hmm. I pray five times a day. Mm -hmm. I've made the pilgrimages. Right. So therefore, I am a righteous man. These are the works that the Quran says that a faithful Muslim must do in order to enter paradise. Mm -hmm. So it is salvation strictly by works. And uh, and we know, and surely you've heard this and can probably point to the reference even uh, because you've seen it online enough times. But the Quran says that Allah does not have a son. Mm. And therefore, Christianity is a false religion, according to the Quran. Right. But it is God who sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross for our sins and rise again from the grave so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. It is by grace and not by our works because the work was done by Christ. Right. The only one who could. That's right. The only sinless man, the only one who could live a perfect life, Mm -hmm. the only one who was worthy to die and be raised. Right. And it says in Acts chapter 17 that God showed through whom he would judge the world by raising him from the dead. Mm -hmm. So Christ is not only our savior, he is our judge. Yes. And it is only by faith in Jesus Christ that we are forgiven our sins and we have everlasting life with God by his grace and not by our works. Praise the Lord. Amen. So that's the God who saves. That is the God who is gracious, which the uh, the Islam, the Muslim God is not that. Uh, right. He is a <laughs> he's a tyrant God. He is not the gracious, good, loving God of the Bible. So anyway, uh, you know, however that conversation is going with you and a friend, maybe focus on something else related to the aspects of God rather than having a debate over whether that name is useful or should still be used. Yes. And if they're if they just became Christian from the Muslim um, religion, false yeah. religion. Yes. <laughs> anyway, um, be patient with them that um, they take baby steps, you know, just like babies grow very slowly. I mean, you look back and you think, wow, they grew so fast, but really they grow really slowly. 
And so it's it's good to give them that time and that um, just the time to gather up the wisdom and the knowledge and to grow in the faith. That's right. So we're told in Jude, uh, verse 20, it says, Beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. And have mercy on those who doubt. Mm. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. To others show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. Hmm. So we need to be patient with one another and help each other. Yeah. Uh, and don't, you know, feel like you need to get some blood on your spiritual sword. Like, ha ha, right. I beat you in this right. argument. That's not that's not how to do it. Yeah. You could potentially drive somebody away, somebody mm-hmm. who is weak in their faith. But remember, uh, and Becky and I have quoted this many times, even on yeah. this episode of the podcast, on the Friday episode. But uh, Romans 15, 1 and 2, we who are strong have an obligation yes. to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves, but to please our neighbor for his good mm-hmm. to build him up. Right. This last question here, this comes from Shar uh, in Springfield, Missouri, says, good morning. I have been listening to your posts and have been very thankful for your ministry. I'm wondering if you have any info on Francis Chan. I'm not personally familiar with his teaching, but I know that he's very popular. I'm concerned with some recent articles I'm seeing about his association with false teachers. Benny Hinn, Todd White, Bill Johnson. Uh, uh, Bi- uh, she says Bill Bickle here, but that would be... Mike? Yeah, Mike Bickle. Yeah, the the uh, founder of the International House of Prayer. I got a name. You did. You got a name. <laughs> this is rare, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the one that comes up with these things. That's right. Or, Becky. Or thinks of the names correctly. Yeah. She remembered anyway. a name I forgot. It wasn't Yay. coming to me right away. Anyway, so going on, she says, this stems from our church starting a study that he leads on the book of James. And I was trying to research him as I try to do with all teachers of materials we use. And most oh, most of what I saw was troubling, to say the least. My pastor saw a comment I made on Facebook, and he was very angry that I'd questioned his discernment, first on choosing a study, but was defending Francis Chan and his sound teaching. If you have anything specific on him, good or bad, I'd appreciate your input. Thank you for all that you do. Well, Char, I did a blog on this, uh, and I wrote it, well, this would have been back in 2019 when he was doing the conferences with all these false teachers that you mentioned. Guys like uh, like Benny Hinn and Todd White and and uh, uh, yeah, now my Bill Johnson. I almost I just almost said Phil Johnson there. I wanted to be <laughs> no wrong wanted person. to be real careful with the name that I was yes. choosing. But yeah, anyway, wrong person. So yeah, with with all these false teachers that he's been palling around with, doing these conferences with, yeah. and the guy really has fallen off the deep end. It's very sad. But if you look up the blog that I wrote, it's at PastorGabe.com, and it's entitled Francis Chan Defends His Friendship with False Teachers. It was written on March 17th of 2019. You can find some of the points that I make about uh, there, the teachers that he's associated with. I also mention another article that was written by Jordan Standridge at the Cripplegate, and the name of that article is called Farewell Francis. He wrote that one on March 12th, 2019, so just a few days before I wrote mine. But both of those articles are real good that'll mention some of the problems with Francis Chan and the direction that uh, that he has gone. 
When I was a pastor in Kansas, we were just two hours away from the International House of Prayer in Kansas City. Mm -hmm. And so things that would go on there would affect churches that were in our area. Greatly, yeah. And something that happened a few years ago is that the then president of the SBC, who was Ronnie Floyd, went and spoke at the International House of Prayer. Mm Mm-hmm. And that was that was a big, big issue. I wish yeah. that the SBC had made a bigger deal out of that than they did. That was seriously problematic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did talk to even a couple of seminary presidents, uh, SBC seminary presidents about that and was very discouraged by the answers that they gave me about that as well. But because Ronnie Floyd was there, it then became necessary for me to address my church mm-hmm. about the problems with this and why yeah. we can't have any affiliation or association with the International House of Prayer. So there is a a sermon or a clip from a sermon that I did, and you can still find that at uh, my old church's YouTube page. Mm-hmm. There's still sound teaching, still doing great over there in uh, Junction City, First Southern Baptist Church. It's FSBCJC on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And if you look through the videos, there's a video of me talking about the problems with Francis Chan. And he's there on stage talking about his unity with Mike Bickle, how much he loves Mike Bickle. Uh, there is um, uh, Matt Marr, who's the the praise and worship singer, mm-hmm. leading worship there. There's the young woman, Audrey Assad. She's not only led worship at the International House of Prayer, but she's been she's done duets with. Uh, Michael W. Smith and Chris Tomlin has had a lot of influence in contemporary Christian music. She just basically left the faith just recently. It was this year. Oh, really? It's only been within the last couple of months that that story hit. Hmm. I can't remember if it's the beginning of this month. Maybe it was last month. But anyway, so Audrey Assad is apostatized. Uh, She was already uh, a Catholic mystic. Okay. So there was a lot of problems there anyway. But so I talked about how Francis Chan's up there with those people, and he talks about how we just love one another, and and we're just unified in this faith. And no, they're not. Yeah. Mike Bickle claims that he's been to heaven twice and had a personal audience with Jesus Christ, who told him to go back and tell his church this. So whatever Mike Bickle says is going to be on par with whatever the Bible says, because Jesus told him to say it, according to Mike Bickle. Wow. Then you got Matt Marr, who's a Catholic, and you have Audrey Assad. Isn't that equivalent to writing more of the New Testament? Oh, yeah. It's the equivalent to adding to the Word of God. Yeah. It's it's scary. Which the Bible says in Revelation, you don't do that. (laughs) It says so in Deuteronomy and Proverbs and Revelation. Yeah, going. Multiple places. all over the place. Don't add to the Word of God. Yeah. Don't. So we've already had, we've talked about false prophet Hal Lindsey. Mike Bickle is a false prophet. Uh, and Francis Chan is partnering with these guys. Mm-hmm. And I, because of that, I don't think Francis Chan's teaching should be used at all. Now, his teaching on James, which you're talking about here, Shar, his teaching on James may be perfectly fine. It might be. Your pastor might be defending this because the the teaching is rather sound. In the past, Francis has been really good. He's a graduate of Master's Seminary. Hmm. So there have been teachings that he's done in the past that are extremely good. I used to promote his stuff and share some of his videos and things like that. But in recent years, he's just gone a very strange way. And because of his association with those teachers, his teaching is now changing also. Mm-hmm. I won't go into you know some examples of that. But uh, 
Uh, overall, I would just say it's it's a dangerous teacher to be using and putting in front of people and then thinking that's okay. And then they start finding some of these other guys that the, Francis yeah. is associated with who are just straight up heretics. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I would be careful about what you post on Facebook if, if it's an issue like this. I mean, um, obviously your pastor didn't know that you had qualms with it. So I would I would talk to the pastor first yeah. before posting anything on Facebook, um, just because you got to understand that he might be completely clueless as to where Francis Chan is now and remember the old Francis Chan. And yeah, so that's true. Um, so that's just something that you need to just be patient with and take the right steps. Think back to olden days where you would go to the person first and chat about it, and then you know, and then it goes from there. So think about olden days in the sense that, like, when we didn't have Facebook yep, to be able to take exactly. our yeah. Because I mean, you're just sometimes it feels like you're just hitting someone upside the head with the book, you know, with the big book, and they're just not prepared for it. So they're gonna come off, I mean, come come back at you defensively yeah. because. They didn't even know. But, I mean, he's obviously, she said that he did his research, so he's taken it personally. Yeah. Like, it's inadequate, that he's inadequate. Right. So, I, I would go back and, and talk with him about, you know, like, maybe his past choices have been great. Just this one is very concerning. You know, something where you sit down and you have a chat. Yeah, there does need to be a little more of a personal conversation there because you don't want to take your frustrations to Facebook first. Right. (laughs) Even as pastors like Pastor Tom and myself, we don't take our woes to Facebook before we're or Twitter Twitter or Instagram. I'm not even on anymore. So we want to talk those things out with that person first and things that happen in my church mm-hmm. i don't post on social media about at all right unless it's some sort of praise or something like that but mm-hmm. if there's a certain thing we have to work through i'm not going to take that to social media it's nobody else's business mm-hmm. that's what we need to deal with in our church now you posting that about francis chan you know there's definitely some Said concerning things a comment so somebody else must have posted about it and then she made a comment. Yeah, it could have been. But at the same time, I, I would just wait to say comments until you've talked with the people involved first. Yeah. And then go from there. Right. Then after you've had those conversations, uh, then you can start posting some things maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd be ca- yeah. still be wise and discerning with how you do that. But, uh, you know, you've done your research on this. You find out he's a false teacher. I don't want anybody else to come into the same error that my own church almost fell into. Right. So then you'll want to share those kinds of things with other people. Right. And you can you can word it as something as gentle as, I don't know if you guys are up to date on this, but here's this new information about this teacher. Right. You know, something just wording is everything on on well on social media because that's all that it is it's just words. Yeah. So they can read it however they want, but the more gentle the words and the more words you use to explain it in a gentle approach yeah. is I think it's better. Definitely. Yep. Uh, And Char, I will send you the links that I mentioned, the two articles and the the video clip so that you can see kind of all that material in there as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm with you on not using Francis Chan's material in your church. I don't think that you should. Right. But again, handle those things in a proper order, especially with your own pastor. Mm -hmm. And you need to be uh, uh, considerate and 
subject to your pastor's instruction more so than mine. Yeah. But I understand. Hey, I get it. I understand the concern with some of the teaching that's going on there. Is is there a way since since um he it, it says that he was very angry. Um is there a way that you would have someone approach you if you were already upset with them? Like, is there a different way or just saying, hey, can we chat about this? Yeah, I would actually approach it and say, I apologize for putting this on social media before we had the chance to talk about it. That's good. Yeah. So like in hindsight, realizing this was not the proper way to handle that. Mm -hmm. So you're approaching it with humility that way, he's not already preparing himself for, well, here's another fight. Here, right. here we go again. We're going to argue about this. Somebody is getting nitpicky over the teaching. And so he's ready to put up a defensive front mm-hmm. rather than actually hear what your concerns are. So if you approach it with humility, I'm sorry, I should not have approached this the way that I did. Mm-hmm. Putting it on social media first. So is there a way that we can talk about this, that I can show you some of the things that I've seen and what the problems are with Francis Chan? And we can talk about that first. Now, hopefully he will be receptive to that. Yeah. If he is uh, uh, wanting to shepherd you well, mm-hmm. then I I would hope that he would definitely be open to a conversation like that. That's good. So, yeah, there we go. Thanks, babe. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> if you have any other questions you'd like to submit to the program, send them to when we understand the text at gmail.com. Don't forget about the two conferences I mentioned. Look them up online, Wokeness and the Gospel, coming to Denton, Texas in two months, and then the G3 conference, which will be in Atlanta at uh, the beginning of October. Two months? Yeah. Wow, that goes fast. Yeah, it sure does. Okay. <laughs> Let's finish with prayer. Yes, please. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time together and being able to open your word and hear about the goodness of Christ uh, that we have proclaimed to us through your scriptures. And I pray we would be reminded on this good Friday of the death of Christ on the cross for our sins and his resurrection from the grave. As it says in Romans 425, he was offered up for our trespasses And it is by his resurrection that we are justified. So we have uh, uh, our innocence declared before God, not just because Christ died for us, but also because he rose again from the grave. We rejoice in his sacrifice on the cross because we know he was raised from the dead on the third day. And I pray we don't just think about that on an Easter weekend, but every time we gather as the church on Sunday, we gather on that day because it was that day of the week that Jesus conquered death and rose again. And may we reflect this victory in our lives, looking with hope toward the resurrection of our bodies when we will join our Lord forever in glory. Thank you for your goodness and grace to us daily and teach us how we may continue to walk in this grace that you have shown us in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Amen.